0: Well, hello there, welcome to the professional wellness session with Constance, I am your host, Constance Wallace, a professional wellness coach, I cannot wait to dive in and explore different ways we can make sure we are practicing professional wellness in our lives. As a reminder, the information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Go ahead and grab your favorite beverage and get comfy so that we can begin exploring professional wellness. Let's get started. All right. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you?
1: Doing great. Doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, well, thank you so much for agreeing to engage in this conversation about wellness, Mr. District Attorney Jarrett Williams. Congratulations. Um, I don't think that I have seen you. I have not. I have not seen you since you became District Attorney.
1: Well, the world was kind of shut down during that time. So, you know, we were yes. restricted in travel and
0: Yes, it was was officially January 2021 when you assumed um, office.
1: That's right.
0: Okay, great, great. Well, as I said, this is, uh, we'll be engaging in a conversation about professional wellness. And I know that, as I said, you're a district attorney of the Augusta Circuit, first Black district attorney. And licensed to practice law in several states, um, grew up, born and raised in Augusta, Georgia. Um, what else should we, the listeners, know about Jared?
1: Um, since it's a wellness conversation, and <laughs> conversation that, I would say, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm here to learn as much as I am. Anything else? Mhm
0: mhm what have these uh last few years been like for you as a district attorney and what has that transition been like um yeah over the last few years?
1: it has been challenging, rewarding heartbreaking at times it's it's been it's really run the gambit of of all the different emotions and typically I have you know, I can go through the, the emotional gamut uh every day, <laughs> depending on what's going on. Um mm-hmm. it's 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 definitely been a time of growth, um, personally, professionally, spiritually, um, just out of necessity due to the, the demands of the job.
0: Okay. What does a typical day look like for a district attorney?
1: Well, that's the rub. There is no typical day. <laughs> you start out <laughs> expecting. One thing, and then you might get a phone call. Um, so, for instance, you know you're always on, you twenty four seven. You're you're on call, so to speak. Um, and so, I had finally gotten a Saturday that I had some time to relax. Uh, my fiance was was out doing something, and I was just going to lay on the couch and and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got a phone call that uh, one of our deputies had been shot and was in critical condition. And well, now I'm getting dressed and I'm heading to the hospital, you know, mm-hmm. um, so there, there really is no typical day. And that's probably been one of the biggest challenges is that in every job I've ever had, I've always been able to hit some level of. Uh, where you just you understand everything to the point that you can just go on autopilot and kind of whatever changes, you just roll with them mm-hmm. Um In this job, there's no such thing as autopilot. There's absolutely uh, 100% focus at all times, and that can be draining and exhausting.
0: Okay, so how do you implement uh, balance, wellness with uh, the needs? Because what you just described is something that I think is not what... the image or the understanding is of a district attorney, of going to the hospital and being there in all of those different ways that is different than what someone may expect of a district attorney. So what does balance and the implementation of wellness look like for you?
1: Well, uh, one of the biggest pieces uh, that has helped me achieve that balance is my partner, my fiance. Uh, Mm -hmm. she um that was she came into my life at a time when I was at zero balance it was work all the time uh and so she's been pretty deft at um finding ways to to get me out of kind of the workspace and into um you know whether it's taking a trip or just going and having a nice dinner whatever it might be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but that's you know you can't really depend on another person to to help you get your balance and so um, that kind of taught me about setting boundaries and kind of mm-hmm. reading myself well enough to know that I'm I'm an introvert by nature and so uh, while I enjoy people and most people would probably think of me as an extrovert I don't get energy from that you know I get energy.
0: Okay. From
1: uh, spending time alone, spending time with myself, whether it's playing video games or uh, writing, reading. Um, I, I listen to a lot of audio books and podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, making time for that. And so um, depending on the different seasons that I've had, you know, in the past three years, uh, that's looked a little differently. You know, for a while, I was taking walks pretty regularly. Um, for a while, I was fencing. Uh, which it's a, oh. a wonderful sport um, that I enjoyed quite a lot. Um, that got to a point where I I wasn't I needed those evenings that I was devoting to that, and so I had to shift again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just it kind of takes the shape of what it needs to to get me through uh, whatever I'm going through at a particular time.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that regarding shifting and the ability to notice when something that um was a helping cope, uh, a helpful coping skill has become unhelpful or not necessarily unhelpful but un- but being able to discern yeah this actually is taking up more time and this is time that I actually need for myself or I need to devote this time in a different way and that's important because something that can be helpful at one point can shift and not be as helpful or what you need at that time when in regards to wellness, um especially as professional, when was or what was a time in which you realized that you weren't well or you needed to implement some of these things? What were those indications for you?
1: Uh so I recognized that I, I had some some kind of emotional baggage from the job that was, you know, mm-hmm. impacting the way that I dealt with people in my personal life you know i mean and so the job is kind of isolating in a way it's like you're surrounded by people all the time people are pulling from you all the time um but in that same way it's it's very isolating and it's very you know you feel like you're on an island and that very few people understand what you are going through or the decisions that you have to make and be faced with every day and so um with with that, it was really recognizing that I was withdrawing from the people who loved me and were trying to support me, mm-hmm. um, and and I reached out and and the state bar of Georgia does a really good job. They have a program called Use Your Six, and they give you six free sessions of counseling um, at, at a counselor of your choice. Um, and that was really helpful. And so, um, I encourage my attorneys to do that because what people don't think about with our job, they think of, you know, uh, law and order, going into court, mm-hmm. trying the cases, and we do that. But um, for every case that we're trying, we're also hearing the stories of the victims, um, some of the the worst moments of their lives. Um, or the victim's family, if the victim that has died as a result of the crime. Um, and you're taking on all of that trauma and you're taking on all of, of that um, of that pain and that anguish that some of these uh, families are going through. And so you add that with the stress of the demands of the courtroom um, and the requirement that you divorce yourself from the emotion, long enough to appropriately adjudicate your case. Mm-hmm. Um, and So our attorneys are balancing all of this. And so I take that. I have less of the, the courtroom uh, duties now, but I also have uh, about 60 people who work for me and, and who I want to help get where they need to go professionally and, um, and in life. And then I have the whole community's worth of people and their problems that they bring to me on the political side. So um, it's it's all about um, kind of listening to myself. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> it's just had a, a doctor tell me that. <laughs> um, but but also, um, you know, just relying on the supports that you do have.
0: Mm-hmm. That's all really great Um, that you shared that and those different aspects of the job, because um, one of the reasons why I wanted to really focus on professional wellness is that I noticed with campaigns and as a professional, you can take on the weight of the responsibility of the heaviness of your job, the expectations and all of that, and not fully have that balance or not make sure that you're taking that time for yourself. Because as you mentioned, you're hearing these accounts, these experiences from victims, from their families, and also from the community. And it's not always considered the weight that that has on the person who's hearing it. And so it's so important that, like you mentioned, utilizing those six sessions and more if needed to get in touch with yourself to figure out, okay, how is this impacting me? Sometimes things bring up um, different things for the person who's hearing them. Um, I worked as a forensic interviewer for uh, some years at a child advocacy center and One of the best things that was, I always say that was one of my best jobs. And we worked, um, uh, we had our MDT, um, multidisciplinary team, and we really were able to support each other. And you had everyone at the table. And when detectives would come in and when uh, lawyers would come in, we were able to understand the stressors that this had on all of us. And so hearing those different accounts and just the strain that it could have on you personally um, and how you may show that with your family and your loved ones. But having that support is so important and also acknowledging and recognizing, whoo, today was a long day. I need to decompress. I need to decompress. And how wonderful that you have your fiance there as that support and as that person to help you with that balance. What do you feel um helped you utilize those um those six sessions? was has there ever been this idea that okay, you shouldn't or you should just be able to hear this and just manage this and just you know go home and just keep going?
1: I mean, I spent the first thirty some odd years of my life feeling like I should handle it on my own. Um, and so it, I just I was wrong in thinking that way, but I had the type of life where I could get away with it. Whereas Mm. now just the demands that I have um, throughout all aspects of life, it's not just professionally, it's also personally and familially. I'm getting older and therefore my parents are getting older and um, the struggles that come along with that. Um, All those things demand more of me. And so if I need to be, if I want to be who I need to be, I have mm-hmm. to reach out and and use every tool that I have at my at my disposal. Mhm.
0: Yeah. So what are some tips that you would give to um uh maybe attorneys early in their career regarding um balance or uh making sure that they're utilizing different support systems early on?
1: I'll tell you. The younger attorneys typically are better at this than mm. the attorneys in my generation and older um, okay. because they've grown up with a more normalized culture and atmosphere around therapy, around mental health and wellness. Um, whereas my generation, and certainly anybody older than me, it was always toughen up, you know, uh, mm-hmm. grind through it, you know. Persevere, whatever it may be, you know, a, a lot of those terms really are just used as a hey, shut up and stop complaining and just do your work. Um, and so there are a lot of unhealthy people um, because they never recognized that mental health is just as important as physical health. And that in the ways that you must train your body, if you want to be physically fit, you have to train your mind to be mentally fit. Um, It's not about being smart or being tough or any of that. It's it's about being healthy. And and I don't think many people um, really thought like that for a long time. Um, And many people still don't. But Mm -hmm. I'm encouraged that there are more people willing to have that conversation now. And so to to young people coming up, I would say listen to your peers who are telling you that it might be – it's never easy, right? Because even though you have less responsibility as a young attorney, um, you certainly have less experience too. And so there's a stress that comes with that. Um, There's no part of your career that's easy at the time that you're in it. Um, And so building up those good habits and those good practices now will set you up for success later. It will allow you to be a better business person if you start your own firm it will allow you to be a better um husband or wife if you um if you learn how to manage your stressors the best way certainly it'll make you a better parent um if you're not bringing your vicarious trauma from the job into Mm -hmm. your home life
0: yes all of those are such excellent points and it sounds like you are modeling that healthy um, implementation of wellness and making sure that you're checking for wellness for your staff as well and for your family
1: yeah i wouldn't give myself so much credit as as, as a model of it <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but certainly i, I understand <laughs> there is a uh, there's a need for it
0: mhm well and, and i hear what you're saying but i'm push back When you are engaging in um, activities of relaxation, even if there should be more, uh, but that is sending a signal to other people, okay, if D.A. Williams is doing this, then maybe I can carve out some time to do this as well. And encouraging and reminding yourself to make sure that you are continuously checking in with yourself following doctor's orders, listening to your body and practicing wellness.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Is there anything else that you feel um, would be important to share regarding wellness um, as a professional?
1: You know, one piece that I haven't really talked about, but that has been a big help to me um, is is really two-tiered. One is that I can't be the person, the professional, the leader that I want to be um, if I'm not spiritually right. And Mm -hmm. if I haven't done the work of of kind of being disciplined about growing closer to God. And so um, for me, that's really helpful. And it also helps because it's a time of my day where I turn everything off and I focus on prayer and meditation and reading scripture. And that's just helpful in and of itself, but it certainly is in helping me grow into who I want to be. Um, But then the piece I had, uh, I'm mentoring a young guy in college right now and he was at my office last week and he said something that was so brilliant to me. He said, some people uh, confuse spiritual health for mental health. And so um, just because you are doing well and you're having your quiet time and your devotions or whatever it may be and you're feeling good in that way, doesn't mean that you don't have more work to do to make sure that you have the type of emotional and mental health that allows you to practice your faith the way that you want to.
0: That is such a great point. That is really, really good. Um, I shared with um, a guest A few weeks ago, uh, while, when I was attending a church in the DC area, the pastor, um, and it was so impactful. I, I, I loved everything that they, they offered there. They had AA groups and they, he talked about how he would, uh, he attended therapy. Um, and he talked about while it was Sunday, was uh, such a high moment to preach um, from the pulpit and the call and response. And this is a church where um, they had three services, and the president of the United States would attend this, this service, and um, or this church. And he talked about um, how being a pastor did not substitute for also making sure that he was well with his mental health. We talked about being diagnosed with depression and going and talking to a therapist and that it was okay and so that wasn't it wasn't exclude excluding anything it's listen i get this from church as a pastor and i also need to make sure that i am mentally well by going and talking to a therapist and right. that's so important
1: we have these automatic lights so my, my light's just. <laughs> They think I'm asleep, so I'm a wave and try maybe to make them come back on. Uh, <laughs> but, but absolutely, and you can't really lead people if you're not mm-hmm. well yourself. You can't give to others what you don't have for yourself.
0: Exactly, exactly, and that's why I know in my um in my program, graduate program, uh. For counseling, it was recommended that we have our own therapists because as therapists, you have to make sure that you are well, that you are checking in. And I've had different therapists during times um, to make sure that I am emotionally well to be the best therapist that I can be for my clients.
1: Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, is there any logic or benefit and having therapists be licensed locally as opposed to being able to practice anywhere in the US especially as we move more to telehealth i just i was very surprised to find that if i wanted a therapist across the river you know i couldn't necessarily you know engage that person's services it seems odd to me i understand why you wouldn't want lawyers just practice across the, the board right because the mm-hmm. laws are different but the principles of therapy I wouldn't think are
0: no they they aren't they they aren't really I am um, licensed and certified to see individuals in four states and um, the you just need to be aware of the services that may be needed for someone in those different states. So if someone is um, possibly suicidal, um, then you want to make sure that you readily have the number um, for the local emergency um, services. But I think that it is it is helpful. And I think with, uh, with COVID, in the pandemic, um, it became even more, um, uh, what's the word, it was not uncommon For someone to see individuals in multiple states, in various states, and for a variety of reasons why the person um, who resides in a state may want to see someone in a different setting. So, for example, as we have been talking about professional wellness, and especially when you are in a high profile um, career position, you. you may not want to see someone Who is local who it's okay wait a minute we may end up at the same dinner now as a therapist we do pledge confidentiality in a certain situations to break that confidentiality like suicidal ideation homicidal ideation harm to a child but um but it still may be awkward to be in the same space I've had that happen as a therapist in having my therapist in the same room for training. And it's like, Oh, this is a little weird. (laughs) Um, So that's in those situations, it can make you feel more comfortable to receive services from someone that you won't, that the likelihood of you running into them in the grocery store is less or the likelihood of them being connected, married, or best friends or whatever with someone that you know it's less. So I think it is helpful um, and and it's beneficial uh, and it gives you the option to seek support from someone who is not in your circle.
1: Do you recommend for couples, new couples, uh, you know, engaged couples specifically as they approach marriage, it's typical in the South to have Uh, marriage counseling through your church, Mm -hmm. but your pastor is not a therapist. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily a counselor trained in those types of principles. So do you think that it's worthwhile or beneficial for couples to engage a therapist together prior to marriage?
0: Yes, I do. I definitely do. I um, highly encourage premarital counseling um, because there are questions and topics that you don't necessarily think about. Um, I have a client now who is uh, uh, engaged and um, we've been talking about the importance of premarital counseling and some of the topics that may come up. So uh, especially with the pandemic, things that started happening that you didn't expect where it's, wow, this person is... 25 and they just died you know so when you're married those are things that you don't necessarily think about when you're young and it's okay well what does the end of life look like what are your options or what would you want what does it look like regarding finances what does it look like regarding um all so many different topics that may not fully be addressed when you're going through counseling through your church some of those may be addressed but i do highly recommend premarital counseling through someone who is um, specifically trained in that um, in that area so they are well versed on what are the issues and the conversations that may not be addressed um, prior to marriage and then it's whoa where'd that come from wait we talked about it in premarital counseling yeah yeah. Yeah. And they don't have to be exclusive. You can you can engage because I know some churches require that you have a certain amount of sessions prior to um uh, marriage. So it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. It can be. This is what we're getting through the church, and there, if there are other topics that we haven't touched on, and we, and this is why it's also important to interview your therapist before um, fully committing. So you can do a consultation and ask those questions of what are some of the things that you talk about in your premarital counseling sessions.
1: So uh, that's an interesting point about interviewing your therapist, because I don't think I've ever thought about that. But um, it does seem like you end up just kind of taking what you get if you if you don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So as I'm talking through this with people in my office uh, or anyone that I can encourage to to seek help, um, what are the what should someone be expecting uh, for counseling? Like what's what are reasonable expectations that are kind of baseline for a good, competent counselor?
0: Well, it, a lot of it depends on what you're looking for. So having your specific goals in mind, and whenever I do my consultation, sometimes individuals come to me, they have their question, 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 they are very well prepared. And you can ask those questions regarding, um, like, if there is a concern for a professional and it's, hey, you know what, I don't mind um, people knowing that I go to therapy, but I don't necessarily want them to know who my therapist is. You can ask them about what, how do they engage? Um, If they run into a client, Um, you can also ask them what their theoretical orientation is. What um, what has guided them um, into therapy? Um, Trying to think some of the other questions clients have asked me. I've had clients ask me some questions that aren't really applicable to therapy. Um, (laughs) How many years that person has been practicing Um, What is it, what are some things that they've learned um, and they found helpful as a therapist? So those are some of the basic questions, how long they've been practicing and um, yeah. what If they specialize in what you want to address. So you have counselors who specialize in grief, but if you are going for marital counseling or premarital counseling, that may not be the best person. So, right. um, and, and also what uh, exactly what in your marriage. <laughs> what you want to, <laughs> exactly what you want to address, and making sure that the person that you're seeing that this is something that they have specific experience addressing. Because while all therapists. Yeah, all of us should. We receive general we receive training to address a lot of issues. There still are certain areas, like for example, for for um disordered eating. That's not my specialty. Um, but when it comes to trauma and anxiety. Those are my specialty areas. Now with that, there may be disordered eating that has come from those things and we can still address the root of the issue. So it's really knowing, okay, this is what my goal is for counseling, talking with, in my consultation with the counselor and seeing if they have experience addressing this specific issue.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, thank you for answering my questions.
0: No problem. Thank those are great questions. Really great questions. Because it's um some it's just like a doctor. Um when you go to one doctor, you may feel as though, wait a minute, ugh, I don't know if this doctor is fully um addressing my concerns or I don't like their bedside manner. I don't like the way in which, you know, their dismissiveness or X, Y, and Z. That doesn't mean that we don't go to the doctor again. It means that you find a new doctor. And what can happen in therapy is someone may have a not so good experience with a therapist and they may feel as though, well, therapy just isn't for me. No, it means that that therapist wasn't, you weren't the best fit. And then do check-ins. I like to do check-ins with my clients and ask them, or after our consultations, I'll ask them, hey, based on these things that are shared, do you feel as though we'll be a good fit? Or if I feel as though we're not a good fit, I'll let them know. I don't think that we would be a good fit, and therefore, that would be a disservice for you, for us continuing on in counseling.
1: Yeah. Thank you for sharing.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and engaging in this really, really important discussion about being well as a professional. And with all of the accolades and all of the first that you bring to this role, I feel as though the, the Augusta, Burke County, Richmond County, they're in good hands.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I thank you for uh, shining a light on these issues and and making sure that people are out there seeking the help they need.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of today's wellness session. Continue to be well. (laughs)
1: Bye. Take care.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on this journey to professional wellness by listening to the Professional Wellness Session with Constance podcast. Are you following me on Instagram yet? If not, make sure you follow Professional Wellness Session, and you can also find out more information about the private practice, which is Positive Outlook Group, about the podcast, and about professional wellness coaching by going to my website www positive outlook llc.com i hope you have a wonderful day and continue being well see you next time